0: The Great Reno Reset, it has officially happened over at the Libertarian Party, but before we go ahead and dig into that today, I want to go ahead and talk about our episode sponsor, the Expat Money Summit 2022. Watch for a week, reap the benefits for generations, sign up for your free access to the virtual summit taking place November 7th through November 11th, 2022, with Mikkel Thorup, the founder of the Expat Money and host of Expat Money Podcast and Summit, five days, 30 expert speakers head to com forward slash expat and get your free tickets today I talked about it at the intro folks it happened we've heard about it here the past few years and it officially took place this past Memorial Day weekend the Reno Reset is real and the Mises Caucus won in commanding fashion joining me today to discuss is the one and only Jeremy Todd from Cell Liberty and Stephen Decker gentlemen welcome to the Brian Nichols Show
1: glad to going? be here
0: Absolutely. Gents, thanks for joining us. And uh, Jeremy, yeah. yes, we're excited to have you back, a uh, host of Cell Liberty here in the Brian Nichols Show. And Stephen, you're a new face and voice here to the program. You're going to be doing some work with us over at Cell Liberty. So let's start off, introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. Then we'll reintroduce the old uh, old fart here, Jeremy, and, and see what he's been up to lately.
2: Yeah, yeah. what's up, y'all? Stephen Decker, uh, you know, known as Stephen with a PH, uh, since we have to have to you know make that distinction nowadays. Uh, yeah, I uh, I do uh, direct sales, and so I got to meet Jeremy on a rooftop in South Dakota at Freedom Fest, and we connected uh, over uh, some some shared past and uh, some shared friends, and uh, yeah, excited to get started with uh, with sell liberty and, uh, and really start getting out there. I was the delegate for Texas uh, to Reno and got to see all of the craziness that we went through over this last weekend. It was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> a lot of fun I don't know if that's how a lot of people who uh I saw <laughs> on, online were I don't know if they were having so Depends much fun, on your definition
2: fun. yeah so. they they yeah, were
0: they were right. a little angry uh before we get to them <laughs> Jeremy how have you been my friend what's and, and what's been up in your world
1: yeah so uh I had a lot of I, I was in Reno as well uh and had a lot of people come up to me and go hey man we we missed the show what's going on and Essentially, uh, my family knew this move was going to take place. If, if you're unaware, I'll be moving from the Phoenix area to uh, northern Kentucky, basically uh, near Cincinnati, uh, coming up in this next week. Uh, we're actually packing all around me as we speak. And, um, yeah, uh, but, but, but essentially what happened is uh, I started working a job to try and, uh, you know, have, have an extra income as we're preparing for this move. And so I knew it was kind of a one shot deal. Uh, the job was awful. Uh, the company was awful, but I was kind of stuck. What are you going to do at six months? So, um, the company, like a lot of companies had some major staffing issues, uh, but refused to adapt in order to adopt them and just kind of worked us to the grind. So I, I did go through what a lot of us go through, which is, uh, some burnout, uh, and what leftover energy I had after working 60 plus hours a week over the last six months, I wanted to be sure I afforded to my family. So that's why you haven't seen me. Uh, but that is changing in the next week. So uh, we, like, like you said, Stephen and I will be uh, discussing what's going on in the world, discussing how to, to look at it from a, a sales perspective, and then also how to have those conversations with your coworkers. Uh, at happy hour with family members around the dinner table.
0: Yep. Well, and this is what we need to be focusing on officially going forward because all the infighting, all the party drama, it's time for that to quite literally go under the rug. It's time to move forward because... Now it's it's time to start getting outside of our own bubble and start bringing new people in who are interested in libertarian politics, not only in 2022, but specifically 2024. We have a lot of work especially with, with what's going on right now in the world ahead of us. Um, and there does seem to be a growing, not only is there the growing sentiment of people who are empathetic to the, the liberty message, but there's also a, a hardening, a resolve of those who are against the liberty message, who will do anything in their power to go out of their way to take us down. So with that being said, we do have a, a really big task ahead of us, and it requires us to move forward forward enough of the infighting and, and the focusing on who said what, who did what, why did this happen, which party took over, which caucus is in power, doesn't matter right now. Right now, what focus is on is being effective communicators and messengers of liberty. So that's why I'm so excited to have both you, uh, Jeremy, as well as Stephen, joining uh, Sell Liberty once more for, uh, I think, what, season two now here of uh, of your iteration of Sell Liberty here on the Brian Nichols Show. So excited for that. And yeah. um, how about this? Let's talk about selling some liberty. <sighs> Let's focus on. <clears throat> The convention, gentlemen, because now it is time to, to focus on what the main issues are going to be at hand, and you guys get to see it firsthand there in Reno this past weekend, so I'll do jump ball here. Stephen, Jeremy, what was the tenor of the convention before we talk about who won what and which delegates did what and who got voted into where? What was the feeling of the, the Libertarian uh, National Convention? Was it like we see online, toxic, gross, just full of infighting and squabbles, or was there an electricity of of hope and optimism of what to come? I, Stephen,
1: if you'll let me take the ball first from the tip off Go here, so I can so I can frame it a little bit. Um, yeah. I am technically non-denominational, not affiliated with any caucus or uh, anything like that. But I but I clearly uh, agree with a lot of what the Mises Caucus is working towards. And, um, you know, but but being a non-denominational, I'm not in their discord groups. I'm not in their circles. I don't know what their plans and what they're talking about are. I simply look at their plans and say, is this a good plan or a bad plan? And um, and so potentially I had a unique perspective. Stephen will be coming from the perspective of uh, of being very involved with the caucus, being in the discords, knowing what the plans were, knowing what they were working towards. So for me, um, uh, honestly, I I did I I felt like the the energy was really good, uh, the energy was positive. Folks were there, ready to get to work, um, and uh, good things were essentially uh, on the horizon. It 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 felt like it was a pretty heavy uh, Mises Caucus uh, influence there. I'd say probably in the neighborhood of sixty ish percent, sixty five percent was uh, Mises, Cau- Mises Caucus delegates. Um, but the energy was exceptional. I did not personally experience any toxicity or or those things. But, you know, that that's just my perspective. It was it was a positive, energetic experience from the from the jump um, that changed throughout the
0: process. But we'll get into that. <laughs> Stephen, was your experience similar or did you have a little bit different of a take?
2: Yeah, um, I think it's it. it really just kind of depends on what we're talking about. There's two different, I think, two different parts to this convention. There was the actual like convention itself, which is more like the business of what we were doing there, and then there was the outside of the convention, just the the stuff like the the Mises Bash, uh, where we had Ron Paul and and you know several amazing speakers. You know where there was the the comedy show and the live podcast uh, with Dave and Robbie and and the whole crew there. Uh, there were just uh, the get togethers that we had, uh, even with just the Texas uh, delegation from, you know, some some Mises, some not. We were kind of mixing, uh, mixing crowds there. And so there was that portion of it where it's just the energy was just, you know, alive and just and really, uh, really, really incredible. And that's that's where you just had this amazing, positive, like white pill feeling of like, hey, like this is the movement. This is what we're here for. This is what we're doing. And it was really exciting. And then there's like the business Portion of the convention where um, it kind of started off. Uh, this was my first time, you know, being there, and I'd, I'd been at the Texas convention, which is still a, a you know a fairly large, uh, fairly large group. But this one was definitely a much larger, much larger body of uh, of people, and so it was it was really cool seeing how it worked. But then also you could feel how it was a little bit contentious uh, in the room getting started, but. Um, I feel like once, like it, it, there was there was a certain tipping point where it, it just felt like the the attitude shifted, and um and yeah, and and the energy really shifted, and then you just saw it kind of snowball from there into this you know clean sweep by the by the Mises
1: Caucus.
0: All right, let's talk about this energy then. as you both have brought up a, a, a difference? I don't know, Jeremy, if you and Stephen both have the uh, opinion it went in the the best of ways for where the energy uh, headed but let's kind of go Jeremy your perspective of when the energy changed and where it maybe went not so good and then Stephen maybe where you saw the energy change and it turned into the clean sweep you're referring to for the Mises caucus so I'll let you guys kind of dig in there
1: yeah well again if we're to reiterate what Stephen said there are two different aspects of the convention we're talking yeah. about here when you're around the people outside of the convention when we're at the comedy show when we're at the um nieces bash all of the outside events ton of energy everybody's friendly we're, we're building networks and we're having a human experience uh that <laughs> is kind of bonding i uh use this example all weekend to some folks who were talking to me and i i said look it's like uh if you ever went to church camp growing up Uh, you kind of get bogged down in school throughout the year. Uh, and then you go to church camp and you get all fired up and on fire because you're around your friends and and you're all working towards a single, uh, mission. And it, it basically was a big family reunion for all of our internet friends. Then when we got to business, some of those disagreements did come out the first day. Uh, we didn't even make it to the lunch break on the agenda. Um, and so a lot of the business that was slated to get done had to be pushed back and a lot of it felt to me pretty unnecessary uh and it really kind of felt like a pissing contest a lot of retribution a lot of people making unnecessary motions uh to try and do things when in reality we all knew going in what the outcome was going to be and so it all felt like either uh a a, pissing contest or a uh you know trying to get some revenge on somebody or or work out personal vendettas uh you know through the business rather than just proceed with the business make it go to vote and let's get this over with because we know exactly how this is going to end um it was only after the first day where we It was no longer possible to avoid getting to the actual business, the voting, the debates, the conversations uh, or or the, uh, you know, actually getting the business done, getting the resolutions and the candidates voted on that. Things started started to kind of change and you started to see a lot more of a message of uh, clearly this is the direction the party is going. uh, And regardless of whether this was the direction you wanted it to go or not, we want you on board. And we're all ready to get to work,
0: Steven, What was your perspective? Was it similar to what Jeremy saw there? Yeah,
2: it was. Uh, there were definitely contentious moments. Yeah, that first day of not getting through really, you know, barely any of the business. Um, I think it was. Uh, it was kind of, it was kind of crazy seeing how I think a lot of the convention and a lot of our momentum hinged on adopting a new agenda, and that was a that was a a really contentious thing that it was, it was back and forth and it was, are we going to go to lunch break or are we not going to go to lunch break? Or like, what are we doing? Or where can we see this? And uh, there did feel like a lot of of, of stalling, but like once that was done, um, I think that was one area where it was kind of like a, that was kind of like a checkpoint for us almost in a video game where it's like, Hey, okay, cool. Agenda adopted. We're good. Let's, let's move on to the next boss. And then I really did feel the energy kind of shift. Um, not even when they announced the results of the chair election, but I think it was whenever we called for the vote and whenever you called for the vote and it was just like, okay, we're doing this. There's no more stalling. There's no more BS. Like we are doing what we came here to do. Uh, It was really cool. And you could, you could feel that energy shift. And when it was announced, it was, it was just kind of automatic of, uh, of that energy changing in the room. And yeah, you did have the, you know, kind of the, the, the old guard that, Kind of went out kicking and screaming. Um, and it's kind of, I think, kind of, you know, comparable to uh, how you see members of the media or current politicians kind of going, going down, kicking and screaming. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just kind of a little microcosm of what that fight is going to look like on a, on a much larger scale. Uh, whenever we start going uh, going federal with this thing.
0: Yep. Well, and we talked about this many a time, Jeremy, on the show, right? It's the uh, the little fish, little pond syndrome. It's real. Yep. And I think it kind of, to Stephen's point, it kind of came to a head this past weekend because now Good. it's it's time to take that next step. Now it's time to move forward. Now it's time to yep. start looking at what is... Our ultimate goal here, our ultimate goal is to rein back the largest government ever created known to man. So that's going to be a bit of an undertaking. It requires us to be one. I don't necessarily say we have to be cohesive as an entire group, but at least in our, our mission what we're trying to accomplish. And Now, I will say on the
2: topic of unity, I will not rest until Nick Sarwark's killer is brought to
1: justice. <laughs> okay,
2: so that is one area where we are united
1: yeah, okay. and, and, and I will say that Steve, Stephen makes a, a great point to reference, but um, when we discuss the old guard, uh, there, there are a lot of people in this party who have been around for a very long time uh, that were not necessarily opposed to change and adaptation and growth and the things that the Mises Caucus was fighting for. Uh, there was an old guard of, uh, we'll call them the Sarwarkians, uh, that... We're we're ready to go down kicking and screaming, uh, but I think on the final day uh, we saw that the party was ready to move forward together when Spikes' amendment was passed almost unanimously.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here we go. Just for for people who aren't aware, to the murder attempt that Stephen is referring to, <laughs> our former chairman Nicholas Sarwark. Uh, just this is <clears throat> this might be hard for some people to watch, so just viewer discretion is advised. I built. Feel... Hey, just right hey, in. hey, He, he just threw his—he just threw his shoulder into the Sir, this dude has unauthorized recording, and is. This guy has unauthorized recording, guys. I—I don't know if you heard that. Unauthorized recording. recording was not authorized by anyone. And did you see so, that shoulder check? That it, Yeah, I yeah, played football yeah. and I know like if I if, oh man, you could you could hurt some people. I'm surprised he's so, still so standing the funniest after part that.
1: Is standing there waiting and then running towards the guy to make it to initiate contact. It was clearly and, and for some perspective for some folks who are like, "Oh, well, okay, we'll take both sides on this." No. that essentially where we at, are at in this uh, process is that the uh, Robert's Rules of Order And the things uh, and the open microphones and addressing the chair are all we're on the last day. We've got an hour left. And so what Starworks little team is trying to do is run out the clock and basically uh, prevent the body from voting on amending the uh, uh, platform is where we're at at this point. And there were a ton of different attempts to basically stand on the microphone, uh, bring up. Uh, very silly unnecessary things for vote basically make it as complicated procedurally as possible in hopes to run up the clock so the body could not vote on platform and this was just another this was sort of the last ditch attempt to do that was to start a ruckus on the floor potentially get security involved potentially get the police involved and thank goodness uh for ken mollman uh the the real hero of this convention is ken Molman. Uh, former vice chair from Kentucky, uh, just a, a smooth operator who would look everybody in the eye all weekend and go, listen, guys, this is a waste of time. This is unnecessary. We need to be moving forward with business. And so, Ken, Kim Ullman, if you see this or hear this, you're the real one, my man.
0: There you go. Well, thank you for that, Jeremy. Now, before we move forward to talk about the actual outcome of the convention, where things are moving forward, first we have to go ahead and give a shout-out to the awesome Mm -hmm. shop that uh, houses, that is, the store for The Brian Nichols Show, the one and only proud libertarian shop. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop. And you can go ahead and check out our awesome swag. Like, we have our Trust the uh, Expert series, which you can get our mug here, as well as T-shirts. Jeremy, this looks familiar, right? Fight like a victor. We still got that in the shirt, um, which is uh, obviously in reference to uh, Dave Smith's young little guy there, who had a, quite a, a heck of a battle and still has a battle there. So um, we had this on the the site for him. Fun students, not systems. Plus a variety of other amazing, uh, amazing swag you can get here over at the proud, uh, proud libertarian shop. BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash shop. And by the way, all orders over thirty five dollars, you get free shipping. So uh, I think that's a pretty darn good deal. But let's go forward, guys. Uh, let's talk yeah. about the actual outcome of this convention. So you mentioned uh, that I think it was Steven, you mentioned it was a chair race that really kind of set the tone changing going forward. What was that chair race outcome and and how did that look?
2: Yeah, that was uh, Angela winning with 69% of the vote. Nice. Nice. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was just really incredible. And then there was another, uh, I think there were, there were several kind of, there were several shifts along the way. Uh, And the chair race was definitely a big one where you could just feel like when those results popped up on the screen, like it was just the energy was in the room. Uh, And then we had a a pretty contentious vice chair uh, race where we had to do voting many, many times. I apologize on behalf of the Texas delegation for our inefficiency at voting. Uh, We were not good at it in the vice chair race. (laughs) And so I don't know what was going on, but uh, but yeah, it was a big energy shift. Uh, around there and that's when you could tell it was like all right yeah we're doing this and yeah. uh and that that snowball just kept rolling kept rolling
0: Jeremy your thoughts
1: uh voting for Angela was the easiest vote I've ever cast in any election for anything for any reason um it was clear through the debates and the conversations uh it, that that you know th- this is the right direction it, and that's why it was even though uh it was probably, Only around 60 to 65 percent of the room that was Mises caucus, uh, she she won with almost 70 percent of the vote. And that's because the other three, uh, you know, the other candidates just were not uh, on par with the, the, the vision and the message that Angela had. So, uh, that one was easy. Uh, the vice chair race. Yeah. Again, no, no real, the, the Mises caucus was split on this. They do not vote as a hive mind, uh, in this scenario. There were two qualified candidates that, uh, they felt, uh, were, were good to vote and it split. And, uh, for me, it came down to, uh, trust. Uh, I know Josh Smith, uh, I trust that he's not going to try and go over Angela's head to pull some some stunts. Uh, I know he's definitely not going to take the conversation on the LNC and post it in the Fakertarian's Facebook group. Um, And so rather than people looking over their shoulder, which I I felt could potentially be a problem with the other candidate, um, I wanted him to be able to focus on getting business done.
0: All right, and now the, the the part of the show where we put on our trusted advisor hats, right? We talk about yeah. this with sales. We have to give our consultative <clears throat> advice. So, Jeremy, Stephen, what would be your consultative advice right now to the new uh, leading caucus that is taking over the third largest political party in the United States, being the Libertarian Party? Some words of advice and some things they should look out for. Stephen, we'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I would say it's don't stop. You know, this is um, this is really just the start. It's it's kind of crazy because it's like this has been several years of work for a, a lot of people. And it's been a, a grind just to get to this point. But I think it's important for us to, to realize and to really recognize that, hey, this is just the beginning. This is step one complete. So we have a lot more work to do and just uh, not not taking the foot off the gas pedal, keeping this momentum. And uh, and really carrying the momentum through these next couple of years, especially uh, just to really prove, really prove more than anything to uh, to the rest of the party that uh, that we're legit. You know, we're not just all talk. This isn't going to be one of those things where it's like I'm already screenshotting tweets of just like, oh, they're they're done now that they won their thing. They're just going to, you know, they're all just going to quit. They're all just going to stop working and everything like that. Um, and that's, I, I know that's not going to be our group. So I would say that the big thing is just to really keep going.
0: <clears throat> Jeremy Todd, your thoughts, sir.
1: Um, uh, if, if I'm giving advice, uh, to the, the, the Mises caucus and what you're talking about is that, uh, all right, it's no longer about the Mises caucus now. All right. It is about the libertarian party and you need to own that name, the libertarian party. Um, it is no longer join the Mises caucus. It has joined the libertarian party. And so, mm-hmm. Uh, make us all one, help unify the party. Um, and uh, it is, so that's that's number one, is it's time to rebrand a little bit and uh, stop making it uh, a Mises Caucus thing, and now it's the Libertarian Party thing. We've won, uh, it's in charge. Uh, the uh, second piece of that is uh, I have personal experiences where I have felt like the Mises Caucus is looking for um an enemy or we're and rightfully so plenty of people have come for their heads uh said horrible untrue things about them uh and done everything they could to stop this from happening uh but now the numbers are there you're in charge uh assume positive intent of those who are looking to work with you and alongside you uh we are not enemies in this party any longer and then the third piece was would be directly from my platform there are a lot of people who are passionate about uh, certain things, whether it be crypto uh, or the Bitcoin community, uh, my personal one, the nuclear power community, Brian, uh, entrepreneurs, business people, you know, that that's a wide open market of people who believe in free market capitalism, but kind of find themselves stuck in an apolitical world. We need to be making these outreach opportunities to these groups and saying, look, you have a home in the Libertarian Party. You have a political vehicle to advance your message and agenda through the Libertarian Party, obviously where those things align, but uh, in many places they do. And so now it's time to grow, which is the only thing we need to be focused on.
2: And on that note, I think it's really that's a really special thing about the Libertarian Party is just we do have such a diverse group of people with so many different talents. And one of the things that I think from my sales organization that I, I think it's important to bring into other Uh, organizations is just that decentralization aspect of things where it's like so many of us have such like diverse talents and so, so many specific talents and those talents need to be used um, and, and, you know, put people to work at what they're best at and really utilize everyone um, for what they are best at. And then also realizing that it's like, Hey, there's going to be some things that like, I'm not good at and I don't need to be involved with uh, and just kind of fostering that uh, that kind of community where it's like, hey, we all have our, our special talents, so let's not all, uh, let's not all, let's let's not all try to be the the center of everything and and doing everything. Let's do what we're
1: best at. Yes, delegate, baby.
0: Yep. Yeah, yes. delegate. Well, I I talk about this too in my day job because I talk to IT directors, business owners, and uh, you know I, I I say you can't, and they acknowledge it first and foremost. They they're like, I can't be an expert in everything, and and to be able to help them find the areas that they're, they're weakest. Now I am doing a very cheesy and terrible segue to a quick ad here as well, which is um, one of the areas I have been helping business owners and that has been focusing on, not just cybersecurity attacks, but the number one area where they get hit. You guys have any idea where that might be?
1: Uh, ransomware. Oh, you're so away.
0: close. This It's the means to ransomware, it's okay. phishing. Check this phishing, out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Check this out, maybe. You're not gonna believe this. As cyber attacks have continued to skyrocket, phishing attacks rank as the second most expensive causes of data breaches. According to IBM, phishing attacks cost businesses an average of $4.65 million. And business email compromises, BECs, which is a type of phishing where attackers hijack or spoof a legitimate corporate email account, ranks at number one, costing businesses an average of $5.01 million per breach. But that's not the only way phishing can lead to a costly breach. Attacks using compromised credentials ranked as the fifth most costly cause of a data breach, averaging at $4.37 million. And how do credentials get compromised? More often than not, due to phishing. While your employees can be your company's most valuable asset, they can also be the biggest target for cyber criminals. Head to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash phishing to hop on a call with me where I'll show how we can use customized, targeted phishing campaigns that simulate real-world phishing attacks. And then take those simulated threats and use them as training opportunities to help you understand your organization's real-life risks. Again, that's Brian nickelshow.com forward slash fishing don't let fishing attacks cripple your business one more time brineckelshow.com forward slash fishing all right gents so uh now that we learned all about the the importance of looking at phishing attacks uh let's talk about predictions and we'll wrap here on this episode with this where do we see the Libertarian Party now effectively moving forward uh, as a party, which I said nice because obviously 69% uh, voted for Angela as chair. Uh, and and with that, it seems like the, the Mises Caucus has a resounding hold now on not just the party, but also the messaging. So going forward to 2022-2024, there really shouldn't be too much in the way from an infrastructure standpoint so I know it's wild and, and prediction time and stuff already being in June but let's start with you Stephen where do you see the libertarian party from an electoral standpoint 2022
2: 2024 fire away yeah I'm I'm really hoping this is going to be the start of that kind of hockey stick curve that you see with so many things uh, you know it's like if you look at uh, technology or just modernization of anything—it's just everything is always just just you hit you hit that turning point, and uh, and things start to to move at just an incredible rate. And so I, I know it's going to be one of those things where it does start small. These things happen very slowly, and then all at once. I think it's kind of the yep. the saying. And so yeah, it, it is really just going to depend on what kind of momentum we can continue to build over the next couple of years. I know there's gonna be a lot of positive messaging that we'll be able to do here with the midterms coming up. And I think we have a real opportunity because once again, with everything that is going on in the nation, just the mask is dropping in so many different ways for so many different groups. And it's it's on both sides of the aisle. You're seeing just the absolute incompetence of the people at the top. And these are supposed to be the adults that are back in charge of the room. Um, and then on the other side, it's like you see all of these institutions that conservatives have, have really put faith in for so long, like the police just proving their utter incompetence um, and sometimes even, you know, malice. Uh, and so it's, it's a really unique time where we have the opportunity to, uh, to use some of that messaging uh, to really build momentum over the next couple of years, and, and then going into the presidential election, where of course we'll uh, we'll have uh, Dave Smith running for president, which will be
1: amazing.
0: So. Jer- Jeremy Todd, your thoughts, my friend?
1: Yeah, um, I I I don't have as uh, I have a very positive outlook. It, it is not quite as. Uh Rainbow and Butterflies as uh Steven. If you get a chance to look at uh or, or watch the Mises Caucus Bash, I'm not sure if it was recorded or not, but Maj Teray probably gave the best speech of the weekend. Um, I would put it above Dr. Paul's, even though it was great to see Dr. Paul. Uh Maj looked at the room and goes, I don't think you're ready for this. Uh, they're coming for you. Now you're a force. Now you're on the radar and the bad things are coming. And that means, uh, you know, we joke about people being a Fed, but for real, uh, there are a lot of dirty things that happen in politics. And if we do catch this energy and momentum, we will become a target. And so I think the important thing for us to do is remain, uh, number one, agile. Uh, One of the biggest issues with the Libertarian Party in the past is that it was bogged down with bureaucracy and processes and things like that. We raised $30,000 for an anti-mandate ad that came out, I don't know, 30 days after we'd raised the money yeah, when uh, our good friend, and it was not great when our good friend Dan Smotts had one put together in 12 hours. That was, that was phenomenal and much, much better and didn't cost $30,000. So, uh, agility, efficiency. And I think, uh, the election of Todd Hagopian and Angela is really going to help with that. They are two very, uh, diligent, efficient, uh, hardworking people. Uh, but I want everybody to be prepared for the roller coaster. Stephen's right. This is the time. The opportunity in front of us has never been better. And this is the best position the Libertarian Party has ever been in to make a, uh, a, a dent. Uh, but if, if you've worked in business, if you've worked in sales, it is not a pretty climb to the top. It is ugly. It is hard. There are there are backslides, uh, and you are you are going to struggle at times. We are going to take two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. So the important thing for everybody as we go through this is never ever ever let go of your resolve to keep moving forward, um, and and put your head down, keep moving forward, keep doing the hard work. Don't worry about the noise. As long as we continue to do the actions, the results will come. Um, and that's the key. Uh, it's it, Prepare yourself that there are going to be some losses. There are going to be some bumps. There are going to be some backwards uh, momentum. There are going to be some slip ups. There are going to be some problems. There are going to be some bad things that happen. Keep your head down. Keep moving forward uh, and put in the work.
0: <clears throat> there you go, folks. Well, uh, what, what's my word of advice? Meet people where they're at. You've heard it time and again here on the program. Stop focusing on the issues you think that they need to be concerned about. Start focusing on the issues that they are talking about, the issues that are keeping them up at night when they're sitting at the kitchen table. What's the thing that's really pushing the family, trying to you know just scrape by? Whatever that main issue is, be the person that's there leading with solutions and more importantly, meeting them where they're at. So with that being said, folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, well, please strap in for another season of Sell Liberty because you're getting a lot more of Jeremy and Stephen... To come as the, uh, we move forward here in 2022. And of course, uh, we'll be having them both here on the, the program many a time as we go throughout the year talking about the elections. Yes. As they're coming down the, the pike, just a, a few short months away, less than five months, folks. Strap right. It's getting ready to uh, get real really, really fast. So with that being said, uh, let's do some final plugs here. Steven, where can folks go ahead and find you? They want to continue the conversation.
2: Uh, yeah. Check me out on Twitter. Uh, my, uh, my name is Steven with a PH. Uh, the handle is uh, at Steven underscore with a, and so you can find me there uh, for all of my uh, rantings on Twitter.
1: Steven plug the uh, plug, the biz.
2: Oh yeah. So uh, you can find, if you need some great American made knives, uh, you can uh, check out my Uh That is my uh, website with all of my information for uh, the business stuff. So I do uh, you know, anything for your personal kitchen. If you're a business owner that does gifts, we can engrave knives with gifts, uh, or we can engrave knives for gifts, all kinds of cool, uh, fun goods and services to be had at myknifedude.com.
1: Calling all realtors to steal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all realtors, all business owners. If you give gifts for your business, come get at me. We'll get you the Liberty
1: discount.
0: Jeremy Todd hit him with uh, your social media links my man yeah mine's far
1: less exciting at j Todd 601 it's where you can find me on Twitter uh please don't find me on Facebook and, <laughs> and that is that is it uh j Todd 601 I'll be there
0: Awesome. All right, folks. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, do me a solid. Go ahead and give it a share. When you do, go ahead and give me a tag at B Nichols Liberty and make sure you go ahead and tag Jeremy and Steven with a PH. Make sure you note that there for our audio listener as well. And uh, yeah, by the way, if you are our uh, audio listener, well, you're missing out on the YouTube version of the program. Head over. To BrianNicholsShow.com, you can check out the YouTube version, where you can check out. Yes, our beautiful faces, uh, Jeremy's voguing us. You're you're welcome for that, folks. Um, and and with that, of course, make sure when you're here, you hit that subscribe button in that little bell. Last week. I told you why you have to start being more assertive, damn it. And then I'm going to make sure I include that link for that video right here in uh, in the uh, the little box on YouTube for our YouTube watchers. So I'll see you over there. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on the Reno Reset episode of The Brian Nichols Show. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting out And putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the the aspects of business technology is messy let me help head to briannickelshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals again that's briannickelshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today